0: So, uh, how does this work when you've picked the word? Do Uh, you go first, or do I go first? Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. No. no, I go first. Who went first last time? You went first last time because I picked the word, right? Because I picked Morse, right? Hello, and welcome to Words for Dinner, where we put the
1: R in awesome. I'm Mike, and I'm Max. That's right. This is a podcast that uh, cuts up a slice of tri tip. Ooh. Yeah, roasts it a little, mm-hmm. but not before marinating it. Perhaps at a mixture of A1 Worcestershire sauce and some of those awesome spices, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Awesome spices. Awesome. That's what we're concerned with here. What the heck is the deal with this word awesome? I think this is
0: going to be an interesting one. I think there's a lot of things that we're going to be addressing and talking about with this word.
1: I actually want to get in one plug, and that is for a book which hopefully we will use, (laughs) maybe in the future. It is a library book. But it doesn't mean you can't go out and buy it. It is by, it's called Johnson's Dictionary by the original Dictionarian. I don't think that's a word. (laughs) No. Uh... Samuel Johnson, this guy Samuel Johnson, who is around in the 1700s, big time scholar. I think he or- actually is the originator of the Oxford English Dictionary. I think this is actually this book, Johnson's Dictionary, was written entirely by him. Mm-hmm. It's kind of half of a regular. It's like half regular dictionary that we would recognize, and half usage dictionary, which has to do with uh, figures of speech and forms of speech. Oh, interesting! And uh, it's so it's got so much character because it's written by one guy. Mm-hmm who just, like, is doing it because he likes it. So, and it's weird, too, because it's, like, he's a weird guy, but he's really smart. Anyway, and it's from 1750s, and uh, I'll just, you know, we'll talk about it later, but it's basically a dictionary from the 1750s, mm-hmm. so it's obviously got um, some interesting historical attributes to it. And uh, it's really cool and funny. Awesome! Totally awesome! So why don't you
0: get us started, Max, right? Since this was... Your word this uh, this episode was your word, right? So tell us uh, tell us about a word. Tell us what's going on.
1: Come on baby, tell me what's the word. Word up, Michael. Uh, this this one I can't believe we said that. Yeah. So the word is awesome. This the word awesome isn't that awesome? That was the thesis for this episode of Words for Dinner. I don't your know, favorite podcast for the people. I don't know. I might disagree with you. You think it's you think awesome is kind of awesome, or you think awesome is okay? I don't
0: think awesome is awesome in one definition of it, mm. but I believe it is
1: awesome in usage. Oh, good way to bring it back to actual information and reality. I yeah. was just hoping that we could just fart around and <laughs> say things that don't make any sense. Tell me more. Okay, so well, we could start with our friend the OED, the Oxford yes, Dictionary. Please. There's a couple definitions there. And the first two are pretty similar. You you can see here the first one for awesome as an adjective from the Oxford English Dictionary. uh, Says, full of awe, profoundly referential. And the second definition says, inspiring awe, appalling, dreadful, or weird. So the second definition obviously introduces some more terror. Yeah, It introduces fear. Whereas in the first one, fear isn't necessarily part of it. The first one is more, has connotations with like respect and Mm -hmm. sort of, yeah, like reverence. So both of those definitions do suggest, uh, they make sense when we think back to where we first see this word appearing. And I'm going to get to that maybe in a few minutes. And that's the Bible. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like let's look at some of these uh, these examples that they have here. They have uh, from the OED under the first one, this reverential one, this first definition that has more to do with respect. Yeah. there's The first appearance is in 1598, and it is hard to understand. You want to do that one?
0: <laughs> yeah. R. Bernard, who is translated by Terence, right, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. in a book called Adelphi. But like wise and witty and due place awesome. Allowing one the other. It's actually not that hard. I don't know why he got so <laughs> weird about it. The next one from 1815 is actually a little What's it weirder, mean? right? He did give an awesome glance up at the old castle. This is right? these are the U's,
1: the U's which we sometimes would interpret today as V's. Yeah, yeah, right. Old, old castle. Yeah, the old castle. Yeah. I think yeah. there's a V actually missing from that word, from the third word. He did give an awesome glance up at the castle. Or Guy? He did Guy in like.
0: an, an awesome glance. Yeah, I, I think that the 1815, which is actually interesting that 1815 is kind of referencing Old English a bit there. I mean, it's confusing to say the least. But, also, like, have you um, ever
1: heard a glance described as awesome? I don't know. Right? That's pretty oh, I cool. Guess,
0: I guess it's you know full of awe, like you haven't seen the castle before. Yeah. Right? It's possible, Like, I don't know anything about, uh, it just says the last name is Scott or the Full name is Scott in a book called guy Mannering, but it is weird it's it's definitely referencing like older ways of talking and speaking right And that which you know is right. what it is yeah so that's, then, a, yeah. that's a
1: that's a glance being described as awesome in the yeah. sense of like like reverence right or mm-hmm. awe And the second definition we got uh, a couple examples, one being from sixteen thirty seven from an author called s Rutherford mm-hmm in a book called Joshua Redivivus, Redivivus, <laughs> quote, "A sight of his cross is more awesome than the weight of it." What is that? So obviously, that's religion. religion. Yeah. Interesting, interesting, right? Mm-hmm. The Bible sort of comes into that first definition that we see in this, uh, uh, the second definition that we see, but the first instance of it. Yeah. So yes, in that case, awesome is spelled A W S O M. It's really interesting. Oh, it's so weird, right? And then in eighteen sixteen we have one from Scott. It's, it's awesome a, yeah. to hear your gutemither break out in that gate. I think that means good mother. Yeah. You know, that was used to be a term like in uh sort of like a Nathaniel Hawthorne and stuff like that. Yeah. Like good wife. Yeah. And then in eighteen seventy, this guy named W. Morris, a book called Earthly Paradise, quote, Together did the awesome sisters cry.
0: Mm-hmm. And awesome
1: is spelled in a modern way there. Yeah. So the spelling changes, and we often see that happening. I think yeah. one function of the misspellings, or what we would see as a misspelling, is that maybe the word actually was spelled differently in the past. Yeah. Uh, or uh, it was spelled differently from in the language from which it was stolen. And we talked about that last episode in the moist episode mm-hmm. about sometimes like... Moist used to have uh, an E on the end, and we we dropped it, when we stole it from French or Anglo-Norman or whatever. So now, uh, that could be another reason. Or, the third reason I think this is overlooked, people, you know, especially if you go back to the birth of the printing press, right, Mm -hmm. the 1500s, which is only, like, not that long before these examples I just read, nobody could read, because what was there to read? (laughs) Right. So the the only people who could read were very wealthy,
0: right, and could afford the books, which were all handwritten, all hand, and often written in Latin or something Mm -hmm. like that, right? Not even
1: in the parlance of the of the time. Yep. So that plus you have probably a uh, what we would see today is an appalling lack of education across the board, right? Yeah. So (laughs) you you have people who are you know the the peasants. And the vassals of these lords mm-hmm. who do not give a flying flap about them or their education or their good wives or their awesome belongings or their not-so-awesome belongings. <laughs> so <laughs> the point is, communication wasn't there either. Education was bad. Yeah. So no, there's nobody there to say, hey, hey, bro, hey. Uh, awesome is spelled with an E, man. There's an E on the end. Nobody there to say that. And it didn't matter as long as you knew what the word was. So that's just an observation I want to make about that in the spellings. <laughs> what about the third definition? In, uh, in a weakened
0: sense, overwhelming, staggering, remarkable, prodigious, and it's uh, colloquial, right? Um, mm-hmm. And here we see it at first in 1961 in uh, McCall's magazine. Um, he looked up to see Mrs. Kirby, awesome in a black and white or black and yellow polka dotted slicker, bearing down on him. Uh, oddly sexual. Always a constant theme (laughs) on Words for Dinner, right? Is that, like, every word we've chosen has some sort of, like, awkward sexual innuendo (laughs) that can be made about it. You read this
1: sexually?
0: That one? It said, he looked up to see Mrs. Kirby. Awesome. Right? So Mm -hmm. here, in a weakened sense, overwhelming, staggering, right? Uh, Remarkable. Mm -hmm. So, in a black and yellow polka-dotted slicker... Bearing down on him. <laughs> so she's coming at him, right? And there's like... And whether whether or not it's literally meant in a, in a sexual way or not, it's definitely, you know, like a woman kind of being, you know, going aggressively towards, right? Uh, uh, that, that's, that's, that's super that's, funny yeah.
1: because, like, when I... Like, now I see what you mean. Like, yeah. I, I when I read it, like, I thought... Maybe just because that definition is right there, which I, I pictured, like, a, a large lady... Who is like sort of scary because she's like, you yeah. know, going straight for him, and she's got this big old slicker on, and it's like sort of sort of intimidating in that way. Possibly, possibly, um, yeah. Yeah. What What the, did you notice any other definitions or uh, or uh, instances of that definition that you liked or anything there? No,
0: I I think that's interesting that this definition is mainly in uh, magazines or. Uh, newspapers things like that so you know we got business week the economist the observer the new yorker from uh 1975 to 1986 in you know uh ascending order and you know it was awesome when they announced the staff for the midwest office for business week um the economist a garrulous old african with an awesome memory right and so here it also seems that there's like a a heft to the word and it's using and being used purposefully in an exaggeratory way and I think it's an interesting translation over to what like the "Quote unquote trivial use," which we'll talk about, uh, that we use it in today, and what the last definition is of of the word.
1: Yeah, and like I think that that's a good point. I would like to echo that point, which is yeah. that this third definition is the third of four that we have here in the mm-hmm. OED, and it's I think it is also pointing towards the last one, which is the one that really concerns us, which is the present day. Usage. Ubiquitous usage of the word awesome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. The one that I noticed, which you already read, is from 1975 in Business Week, where it was awesome when they announced a the staff of their Midwest office that was larger than the number of officers we have in our corporate banking department. You don't uh-huh. need to worry about that one too much, except that it seems to be clearly numerical. Like, it's yeah. saying, awesome, like, the number here is so much larger than the other one. That's awesome. Yeah. Not, like, if you were to... People would probably not say that today, especially not in a magazine like yeah, this. that's It's trying to be reputable, because readers would be like, that's not... What are you talking about, man? Like, don't trivialize that. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. But they're, like, they're actually talking about the impressiveness of the numbers yeah. when in contrast with each other. Mm-hmm. So, that's interesting, because it points to that last one, which is... Right. This is the definition of the one that we're concerned with. It says, in trivial use, as an enthusiastic term of commendation, marvelous, great, stunning, mind-boggling, and it's a slang word. Mm-hmm. So it's, enter, it's become a slang word. When, you, you ask, did that happen? Well, I'll tell you. <laughs> 1980. 1980 is the first instance according to the Oxford English Dictionary, which is our best source of information on yeah. this topic. It's from an author called L. Burnback yep. and others. And there's a book which, uh, from a little bit of Googling, I've learned maybe you know more about it, seems to be satirical. Yes. It sounds like maybe a, uh, yeah, it's called The Official Preppy Handbook. Yeah. And the quote is awesome, terrific, great. And you can yeah. see there that, though that's the first instance of the word using being used as a slang term, it's already being made fun of in that way.
0: Yes, and so it's interesting because, like you were saying, you know, I, I, uh, the very little research I did on the book is that it is a satirical book, and it's uh, it was best selling in nineteen eighty supposedly, um, and it's a look at uh, well off Americans, right, and mm-hmm. like kind of teasing and making fun of them and the way that they speak and the way that they are and act, which is really interesting. I think that's really great, but it's obviously in use. Prolifically before this written down, which the reference that I have says that it's the West Coast mainly, right? The stereotype of the Valley Girl and the stereotype of the California surfer were using it a lot um, before that. So in the probably the nineteen seventies, since it came out in nineteen eighty, um, it takes a while for things to be published, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but it seems like it was a very it was a part of everyday language, you know, in that area, and then quickly starts disseminating to other areas right we're also talking 1980s we're talking like more communication easier communication right from like the 1950s onward with all the different ways that you know you can you can drive cross-country very easily all that stuff right and so it starts spreading to the point that in 1982 the Guardian, which is a British newspaper, within two years was mocking the West Coast by saying it's so awesome. I mean, for sure, totally to dully. Uh, which you know, I tried to affect an accent there, but uh, but it's you know, it's crazy that like that. You know, we're going to see that it going across the ocean. in That short amount of time, so that's it's kind of a cool start to the
1: to the our common usage of it. That is so funny. Yeah, you're totally right. So, like, yeah, 1980, 1982, the first two instances that we find of it are making fun of it. The second one, the one that you just read, there's a little bit of probably uh, cross-Atlantic hubris going on there, maybe. There's there's not just a uh, making fun of a certain subset of Americans, but it it might be. Americans generally. Making fun of Americans generally. (laughs) for sure, right? But you can totally hear that surfer slang on there, and that valley girl sort of thing, Mm quote-unquote valley girl thing. That's what I wanted to investigate further, and I think surface Googling doesn't yield too much in that regard. Okay. Before the end of the episode, I think we're going to hear a couple cultural references, like clips to things that you may recognize, (laughs) right, that uh, that will contain references to the word awesome in a slang sense, and that might point us to somewhere near the origin. Awesome! Like you mentioned, I think a lot of people agree, around 1980 is when it started to be incorporated into mass media. Yeah. Already in a satirical sense, which means, yeah, probably started being used before that. How long before that? Don't know. When I looked up in, in the dictionaries in the library, and I tried to find where it first appeared, Obviously, it depends on the brand and the company that's doing it. Mm -hmm. But I looked at the Webster's. When you look at the Webster's, nothing in 1980, nothing in 1981 or 82 or 83. Obviously, the word awesome is in there, but it has prior connotations. The connotations of definitions one and two that we read, Ah, which is reverential with fear. But then, of course, the library didn't have 1984 to 1988, which is... Crucial time, because the next one I read was 1989, Mm -hmm. and it said slang, right? So it had the slang definition in there. Yeah. So somewhere between 83 and 89, the Webster's Dictionary picked up on the slang. Yeah. Maybe it wasn't too widespread, yeah. At that
0: point. But I mean, also dictionaries are notoriously, even the OED. Slow. Yeah, even the OED is, it, and the OED is the best. I think it adopts words the quickest, it seems. Every year they come out with those new words or, or whatnot. But do you remember in the, in the sometime in the 2000s, right? They adopted the word bling as a word into the OED as slang, right? And I remember going, <laughs> I haven't heard someone say the word bling in probably two years. Yeah. Now, it might be... It's like not a, a thing anymore. Yeah, like, A, I got older, um, but it was a while ago already, you know? And so that, you know, dictionaries do do that slowly, right? And, it, like, I'm sure that they have to do some research and mm. have people agree that, yes, we should put this in. It's used enough that we should, right? Mm. Like, I'm sure... Um, I'm actually not sure of this, right? But I'm, I would imagine that the phrase, like, hot minute... Is Mm. not in the OED. I don't know how Mm. much it's used or not, right? I use it all the time, Mm. right? Mm. Old bosses of mine use it all the time, which is where I picked it up. But if you're from Chicago, around
1: here, it's equally okay to say Hot Minute or New York Minute.
0: Yeah, there you go, right? So that would be interesting, you know. Which is about 30 seconds. So I'm sure some slang, yeah. (laughs) 30 (laughs) seconds or so. Um, But slang and stuff like that, or new words, new meanings, new um, variants of words I'm sure take a while to be used enough that Dictionaries or the OED, right? Which I do separate from like just regular dictionaries, which just define words. OED gives you that history and whatever, and those examples. That they accept them. That they have like a limit, right? Like oh, it's got to be used this much or whatnot, right? And I think that that's that's a fascinating thing. I I was just telling you uh, about. The OED's frequency level and how they measure frequency, and I was super interested in that. I got really into it. Uh, it they have eight different bandwidths of how often mm-hmm. a word is used. Um, and it ends up in band five, right So band eight are words that we that occur more than a thousand times per million words in modern English. English usage mm-hmm. so it's like I you but that if may can you those know, are words the, the most frequent most frequent right and then it goes down from like less frequent less frequent and uh, until you get to band one which are words like like things I can't even pronounce which are words that are are unlikely ever to appear in modern text a like, baptistin? yeah a baptistin, a backstile, girth breach gr- no Grith breach Gerhofite, Zarnik Zegonite. Zegonite. You are welcome listeners. For introducing nice. To those if words. you want to be
1: the douchiest person in the room. Yeah, use Zegonite in a sentence. Throw some girth <laughs> breach around or whatever. Or
0: Zegonite, a good scramble word to have on hand, right? Um but it's in band five, which is kind of in that middle. <laughs> and so it's words, you know, that are popular but are not used super often. So they're used one. Between one and ten times per million words, right? Which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's actually like a... You, it's pretty often, right? It's only three mm-hmm. levels down from things like I, right? Um, right? And words like this are surveillance, assimilation, radioactive, appropriate, and circle functionally, imper- empirically, something like platonic or Freudian. So words that, you know, if, we're, if we hear them, we're familiar with them, we can almost immediately identify them for the most part. Uh, and awesome has fit into that, which means that it's, it's used enough. And it's not a popular slang term anymore. I'm sure that at one point it was in band six, which is ten to a hundred times per million in modern English usage, along the lines of door or I'm sorry, dog, ship, machine, explosion, successful, happy, abundant, purple, pink, black, white, right? Like these words that are used pretty often, right? I, like I'm sure it was right, but mm. still used often enough that
1: it still hits like a pretty popular level. Dude, that's a fascinating thing cuz I didn't know about the bands. Yeah, until we started reading about awesome. Like yeah. that's pretty cool. I think that's pretty awesome that there's of <laughs> bands. But uh and there's also it depends on how silly of a person you are these days because I am a pretty silly person and I use awesome quite frequently whereas I think people who are younger Mm-hmm. and take themselves seriously mm-hmm. probably don't use it that much. And, uh, and the reason being, because of uh, the connotations that we mentioned, which is mm-hmm. the valley girl, the yep. surfer, and that still lingers, I mm-hmm. think, which it is does. interesting because this at one point, like you said, it was probably was a band six, like maybe in the 90s, yeah. or probably late 80s. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty widespread in the American society, even though, obviously, people still looked at it somewhat scornfully.
0: Yeah, and I think it's important to note that obviously OED can only track what is written. So, you know, I wonder if maybe it wasn't in a higher band because of the prejudice against it, and that it wasn't used very often. It's an interesting thing. I wonder if there's actually documentation or information about that, right? So if any of the editors of the OED are listening... Shard Lauer, get in touch. (laughs) Yeah, get in touch, right? Uh, Then, like, tell me the history. Um, So, and I tried to mess with the OED's, like, trends, right? It has, like, a little graph thing that you can mess with, uh, but that was, like, very difficult to figure out. I will one day. Um, But I just didn't have enough time to do it. That's interesting. I think that's it's Kind of cool, and uh, I'm saying interesting a lot, which is my favorite word to say. <laughs> so, awesome, bro! Yeah, right. You can say awesome. I'll say interesting. We can have mm-hmm. a whole podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you just go awesome. I go interesting. Awesome. 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 Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. I like it a lot. Uh, so what? What do you want to move to next? Because you know, I got. I have a nice little blog excerpt that I want to read part of. Okay, bro. Um, there's a whole conversation about the usage of it that I want to have. So tell me where you want to go next.
1: Let's do this. Let's do it this way. I love that too. Mm-hmm. I want to get to that. I think that should probably be towards the after because okay. let's think okay. chronologically, right? Yeah. Because what I want to do is, of course, throw a wrench in the gears. Oh, um, I'm excited. I want to bring it way back oh. to AD. Seven or something like that. I'm going to go back to the biblical times. Okay, tell me more. I wanted to know, folks, in order to know the slang thing and fully understand mm-hmm. that, we got to know and understand the actual original
0: word. Also. So can I, can I just stop you for one second and ask you an incredibly important question that I'm sure many of our listeners have been thinking about for at least the last... 15 to 20 minutes since we mentioned mm. we're going to talk about the Bible. Do you know that the Bible was not originally written in English?
1: Yes, it was okay. written in Good. Just as long uh, as you know Spanish, right? No. Wait, no. It wasn't. Very close though. It wasn't Very Spanish. Close. What Greek. I don't get New it. Testament it was, is in Greek. Wait, French? Greek. Oh, oh Greek. 100% Greek. Wow. <laughs>
0: I just wanted to throw that out there because it's important to note that when it's translated into English, awesome being an English word, we're dealing with English language here, it's coming in later, right? But I, yeah, I just yeah. wanted to throw that out there. Make sure that our readers know we're smart, that we know we're smart, that we are our live smart. studio audience knows we're
1: smart. <laughs> we are kind of <laughs> smart. Uh, no, that is the perfect bracket for this Good, because, uh, in fact, that is at the central, uh, central to the discussion okay. of the Bible – and you're right because translation is center is essential to it. Go ahead. Uh, the Old Testament also written in Hebrew, originally. Yeah, yeah. So even different parts of it are written in different languages in yeah. their original copy. So anyway, here's here's what I want to mention. This is funny because we like to stick to reputable sources, right? Yes, so OED, reputable. It's the most reputable. How could it get better than that? Well, I'm going to go all the way to the other side of the spectrum. I'm going to read some random blogs that I found <laughs> on the internet. Uh, this one is a religious blog. It is called The Comfort Zone with Ray Comfort. I don't know if his name actually is Comfort. That would be too perfect because he seems to be some sort of itinerant preacher or uh, aspiring, maybe just a religious guy who wants to tell people how he feels about things. I don't know. That Your, your standard uh, uh, blog purpose. Oh, look at He's got a sweet mustache, too. Uh, if, you, if you at home want to Google <laughs> Ray Comfort, you will get some great... He looks like a fun, happy guy, doesn't he? All right, so this is his blog. It's titled, God Alone is Quote Unquote Awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's dated from Sunday, November 20th, 2011. So that it is five years ago, but in the modern day and age that is close enough to uh, current... For our purposes. Right. So, oh, and there's a picture of him looking strangely at a banana as if he doesn't understand it.
0: This might be the greatest picture I've ever seen of someone holding a banana.
1: Okay, that's going up on our show notes. That's got to go
0: up somewhere. (laughs) Go ahead.
1: So I've highlighted some quick points, but as a brief overview of this blog post, I'll tell you. It's similarly to how we covered uh, the pushback against other words. For example... Our last episode in yeah. Moist. There yeah. is. It's all about the pushback. There's some pushback with Awesome, too, which I'm
0: excited that you're getting started with this, guy. Exactly.
1: Ahead. So, this is what Ray's doing, our friend Ray Comfort. He says, uh, he starts with a quote from Daniel, chapter 9, verse 3, where he says, I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him, etc., etc. And then he goes on, And he says, uh, modern definitions define the term awesome in this way. He goes through everything we just said. And then he said, I found it interesting. The word awesome doesn't appear in Noah Webster's 1828 edition of the American Dictionary. However, Webster defines the word awe from which the word awesome is derived this way. To chastise or correct... To be astonished, fear mingled with admiration or reverence, reverential fear. Dread, inspired by something great or terrific. To strike with fear and reverence, to influence by fear, terror, or respect. Which, of course, fits right into the Bible. Yeah. Right? And he points out, as I will, and I will echo that, most times, or pretty much every time, if you look into the Bible, Old or New Testament, any part, whenever God shows himself to a chosen person, mm-hmm. whether it's Noah or whoever, Samuel, they're always absolutely freaked out they're always like holy freaking crap man whoa right that is awesome and when they say awesome they don't mean that's cool man they mean like whoa holy smokes i'm gonna cover my butt and hide my face and try not to poop myself yeah right so the english standard version uh ray goes on to say Uh, Translation of the Bible uses the English word awesome only 33 times. Every occurrence is in the Old Testament. There's different occurrences depending on the translation, like you said, right? So it's interesting to note that the King James Version of the Bible does not have a single use of the word awesome. Either the Old or New Testaments. So, he says, should Christians use the word awesome to describe anything other than that which should be directly directly attributed to God? For me, the answer is no. The word awesome has, as part of its definition, an evocation of fear. God, God alone, is to be feared. Is this to say Christians do not become afraid at times? No, of course they do. But whatever Christians fear other than God is a result of sin. Mm. And that's where me and Ray Comfort sort of diverge a little yeah. bit. Because although... I think he's right to have some respect for the biblical language. On the one hand, uh, it is, you know, the work of translators. Yeah. Because we're reading English now. Good. And B, um, I think it's a little silly to get stuck on an older version of a term and not acknowledge what's going on around you, which is whether it's the young people in the Mm -hmm. 80s and the 90s, or the not-so-young people, like myself, in the 2000s and the 2010s. Yeah. We're using the word in a different way. Yeah. So, you know, you can like it or not like it, but that's the deal. That's what's yeah. going on. So That's what I would say to Mr. Ray. I have another entry, which I found on uh, another blog, which I'll briefly go through. It's Baker's Evangelical Dictionary of Biblical Theology online. So more biblical sort of interpretations of this word. It refers to Webster's Dictionary. It also mentions dread. Right. This is not close to how we use this word. No, not colloquially. Now, Uh, English Bible translations employ the words "awesome" almost exclusively to refer to God, while the word "awe" appears only rarely in the King James Version. Modern English translations uh, translate as many as six different Hebrew words and three different Greek words as "awe" or "awesome." The most common Hebrew word, "yare," which I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that correctly, occurs in various forms over 400 times in the Old Testament. And is commonly translated as fear. Mm-hmm. So, uh, in the got and lastly, in the Gospels and Acts, the Greek phobos, the common word for fear, is occasionally translated as awe. Right. So, what we have here is the the awe that we uh, associate with the word, with the original definition of the word awesome, is actually the the fear and dread that's a part of it, which has since been leached from the word. Mm-hmm. I think it was probably in there in the first place because it was written into one of our first founding documents of civilization, which is the Bible. And what is the Bible concerned with? The man upstairs, the guy who should most inspire fear and terror. Mm -hmm. But that's also an Old Testament Bible, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, God. Sorry, there's an Old Testament God. The God who is wrathful and and, uh, vengeful. Yeah. The God who will, you know, fucking smite the crap out of you, man. Mm -hmm. Like, he will... Appear in a whirlwind of fire and lightning your ass. <laughs> like that's Yeah. I would I would be terror, terrorized by that. I would feel yeah. feel fear. And
0: I, I think that again, using something super, super well researched, which is just some blog I found online. Um, it talks about like the difference between um, the newer translations not using awe or awesome as much because they want to kind of get rid of the idea that God is to be feared or dreaded um, and that in NIV, NIV translations or in newer, just newer translations um, into English there's less use of
1: the word than there was previously and I think that's fascinating Yeah, and it could be think, because the, the uh, proliferation of the slang yeah. version now
0: And I think it's important, too, that we try and be as accurate as possible Uh, because Mm -hmm. when we say Bible, right, we mean Old Testament as, like, one of the founding, like, parts of civilization, right? So the Jewish Bible, right, or the the Torah, right, Mm -hmm. as opposed to uh, what we commonly in American parlance refer to as the Bible, which is the Christian Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And, like, that's not even accurate because the Lutheran Bible, the Catholic Bible, all different, right? All have different parts. Yeah, yeah. Like So, changes. yeah, so it is complicated and we want to recognize that and make sure that that's being clear and that we weren't uh, trying to offend anybody or... Or I just, you know what I'm really concerned with is getting a hundred emails only for this episode because (laughs) you know some somebody listened to it and said, well f those guys, right? Like (laughs) they said this about the Bible. They contact everybody at their church, and we get tons of emails asking us to put it down. Right? It becomes a news story. I don't want it. Well, let me tell you, we haven't
1: uh, alienated, ostracized, and excluded all women in our last episode for frequently <laughs> using the their number one most hated word oh my moist God.
0: that's a good point
1: Ad nauseum, yeah but to then be fair, we will eliminate with this episode pretty much anybody who believes the remnants of society <laughs> Oh man, no!
0: I I I think that even le- I think last episode we did a good job balancing that. I think mean, that's important is that we say something like you know we know that this is an offensive word, let's explore it, right? Or we know that this is not an offensive word, or at times offensive. Yeah, I guess that was the right word, but um, it's offensive and also awful to hear multiple times. Uh, so. Yeah, we, we do get that, and we try to be as fair as possible. But yeah, that was awesome. That's actually really uh, cool, and I just used awesome in the common parlance, right? Both of them seem to disagree, too, so both of those sources were religious sources, and the one says,
1: never used in King James, and the other says, actually used a few times in the King James. Yeah, so what did you find in your more... So that was... Wait, we just rewound the clock, right? Yes. That was just an attempt to look at the origins of the term and Mm -hmm. see why uh, it came about, and it, you know, we found that out. Yeah. But what about the modern day? Yeah, and so those
0: discussions are actually pretty contemporary discussions about the way that we speak um, about our religion, you know? And so here, I have something from May in 2015. Um, the day before my birthday I was pretty exciting um, called uh, it's on a site called think map or the uh, visual thesaurus and the title of it is called how awesome is awesome not very right so we' we're we're we're, <laughs> kind of, we're we're fast forwarding to now, the now now um, and it's really interesting the the author of this which actually I,
1: did not find right away. Mm. So I'm not 100% sure mm. who authored it. Which There's is, an editorial from a Visual Thesaurus. Yeah, perhaps. which is great that they don't put the actual author's name.
0: But right. regardless, yep. they talk about the kind of effects of people not liking the word awesome and not being very interested in it. And it is an opinion piece in which the conclusion that this author, whomever the author is, says, uh, so if not because awesome is overused, then because it's a cliche, it's not very awesome. Right? And And he kind of calls, he or she calls for us not ever using awesome again. Mm -hmm. But uh, the author quotes some interesting excerpts from uh, some people. The first being Tim Askew, who is the founder and CEO of Corporate Rain International and the columnist for Inc. Magazine. And he says, awesome has become so overused, it's, and here's where the quote begins. And I want to give a trigger warning for those who have sensitive feelings towards jackassery (laughs) and pretension to be aware that this is your trigger warning right now. Um, So the quote starts that, uh, so awesome has become so overused, it's, quote, (laughs) Inescapable, like verbal kudzu choking out the variegated richness of the English language. So omnipresent, it seems, like an acceptable substitute for just about any word. A lingua franca of evanescent mush. A meme of meaninglessness masquerading as communication and cool. Which is pretty funny because he gets all pissed off about the word cool later on. But back to the quote. The use of awesome as a default word for just about everything is a killer of business accuracy and clarity. Mm. It bespeaks imprecision, inaccuracy, comfort with non-communication, and impoverishment of imagination. The alliteration that he's dropping in this is insane. It's absurd. I kind of want to take just his quote. And create an erasure poem from it. Just just use all the words that have yeah. Show notes, man. Oh my Pull god. Out. Pretty exciting. Awesome is not cool. Mm. It is not autre. <laughs> it is not out of the box. Mm. It is mindless, shallow, slothful, ersatz. <laughs> and ultimately disrespectful of anyone you are speaking to. Mm. I would suggest it is a good word for any entrepreneur to shake from his or her sandals. What entrepreneur is wearing sandals? The, what to, is this summer? Only the summer just, men that are saying guess, awesome I guess, in I guess. business
1: meetings. I <laughs> get,
0: or not saying awesome in business meetings. I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. Like, look at me. I'm using words. Big words. Words that I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, obviously, like, his. His article is Towards Business and we're talking about language and the use of language.
1: But I just kinda wanted to give those dramatic readings of a skew. Good to know that Ink yeah. will still publish stuff that is uh, pretty much dribble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, and so I think it's interesting because I think that this opens up a conversation and especially Skew's mentioning of it. Brings up a conversation about the evolution of a word or the evolution of language. Yeah? You know? mm-hmm. But there is an evolution of it from something like you described from the Bible, right? Of inspiring fear and dread and like just so much awe that you're terrified but like amazed at the beauty of it. And going towards something that's more commonly used to just describe, you know, something that like, oh man, you know, that shirt is awesome, right? That shirt's really great. Yeah, really great or good. Um, But those words have lost a little bit of their heft or meaning as well. And so you try and find a different word that describes the level of greatness, right, or the level of goodness that you're kind of trying to get at. And there's a lot of questions that I bring up with using the word awesome and being okay with using it. Because mm-hmm. I think, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I'm in firm support of the use of awesome, right? Ooh. That I'm I'm actually a little, a little, uh, I got my undies in a little bit of a bunch, right? When the OED said, in trivial use, as an enthusiastic term of commendation, sure. and And that to me suggests that there's a triviality. A lot of what Askew is mentioning, that it makes you sound stupid or incomplete or like empty or, you know, whatever, using the word awesome. Mm -hmm. And because the masses have reclaimed it to mean something, Mm -hmm. and it no longer means what the select few of those who want to keep the English language pure or whatever, right, even though that doesn't make any sense, right, they're trying to claim that it's a dumb word. On the one hand, what if that's the word that I actually need, right? And on the other hand, why is it a problem to speak colloquially? Because it's
1: not, right? Like,
0: it's not an issue. So to use the word awesome in a common context, right? In common, not meaning lesser or lower, but common meaning at the rate of frequency, using it more often. Why is that a problem? Why Why do we have to freak out about it? But beyond that, and I'm ranting a little bit, and I know this, right? But... Beyond that, can't I just say that something
1: simple actually inspires awe in me?
0: Can something simple like that well, This is the
1: problem, and I think that uh, you're totally right about mm-hmm. all that stuff. This is totally true. And I was thinking, well, you were talking about diction, because mm-hmm. high and low diction, the shifts between diction, does both eliminate and exclude listeners based on uh, how comfortable they are with vocabulary mm-hmm. and things like that. The, the weird thing is that the definitions have changed from the old ones, which did mean awe, Yeah and it still means that. Yeah. Right? That's the thing. It totally does. But when you say it now, I feel like the trivial, quote unquote, mm-hmm. or colloquial definition of the word, mm-hmm. the slang version actually overtakes and overwhelms the others. Mm-hmm. Most people probably interpret it the last way instead of the traditional way. Yeah. And it could be that that should change actually.
0: Maybe. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of the evolving nature of the English language right and a big believer in the fact that one of the reasons I like doing this with you and like seeing that history is that English evolves mm-hmm. it steals from other languages you know it it incorporates things right it takes a word and says nope this now nope this now nope this now right that's mm-hmm. beautiful that is the literal definition of awesome I'm definitely not a purist of the English language and more of a like let everything in very hippie
1: about it so you are a hippie about it is what you're yeah saying. that's basically what I'm saying <laughs> Totally awesome! Totally awesome! Anyway, as we were saying, we should probably just polish up this uh, discussion, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, it's been awesome. You know, it's been thrilling. It's been... Uh, I've, I've experienced dread. Yes. Terror. Fear. 100%. Most of the time. I mean, that's normal for me, though. I usually experience those. I usually have a low level of anxiety and dread. So, everything's awesome, in that sense, for me. But... Yeah, the last thing I wanted to comment on, you know, before we wrap this puppy up, is, uh, you know what I was thinking about when you were talking about mm-hmm. uh, this word? Yeah. I think that the word, in its colloquial sense, you know, like, awesome, bro, like that form of awesome, not the biblical form, Yeah, is uh, perfectly okay, too, but um, I might be a little bit more persnickety, maybe a little Mm. stuffy, maybe a little crotchety than you Mm. in that sense, a little bit more old man about it, Mm. in the sense that um, I think this use of awesome is an element or a great example of a recent, perhaps recent trend in American culture, which Mm. is hyperbole. Mm. The hyperbole that we have here in the United Mm. States, in the the American English, and I'll give you an example. You ever hear somebody say... Uh, that was the blankest thing ever. Or, for example, like, man, that was the hardest test ever. Man, that was the hardest essay ever. Man, that was the best book ever. That you know, was the about? worst
0: day of my life. The best day of my
1: life. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Best thing ever. I didn't encounter that phrase. Obviously, it's very clear what it mm-hmm. means, but I didn't encounter it used in such a, like, pointed way until I was in college, mm-hmm. right? Which, you know, all full disclosure, it was... 2002 to 4 to 5, <laughs> somewhere in there, 2000, whatever. Yeah, yeah, don't let anyone know your actual age, Nobody right? can actually, Leave it a mystery. I don't... Leave it a mystery. I understand. I understand. I don't like it. When did you first hear that phrase used? Or did you just grow up feeling like that's just something that people say a lot? I think that
0: I don't remember. I'm trying to remember when I first heard that phrase being used hyperbolically but i feel like it's something that i just did as a child. it reminds me and when i use it even now i feel like there is a subconscious callback to being a child, right? being young and saying something like this is the worst thing to ever happen, right? You go to the fair, you go to, you know, your church's carnival and you don't get your cotton candy yeah. and you're like this is the worst thing ever. <laughs> But it, I think that what's interesting about that is that I don't remember when, when it was used, but I think it fits under the same thing that I was saying earlier, which was that for me that's okay. Like that kind of hyper- hyperbole in context is okay. Now if you're communicating with a larger audience or you're communicating uh, with somebody through the written word and saying this day was the worst day of my life, Mm-hmm. That can be almost cliche. Like you're talking about like that hyperbole is almost cliche, but it also can be also not accurate. And I think that's that's an issue. But in speech I don't think that's an I don't think that's a problem. I feel like mm-hmm. that's okay. Which is good. We're on the opposite sides. I like this, you know, go mm-hmm. Yeah, this yeah.
1: reminds me of episode two when we were talking about it. Yeah, yeah. We're like we're
0: like a vinyl record. We're like <laughs> we're like a coin. We're like a double edged sword. Mm-hmm. We're like mm-hmm. Awesome,
1: yeah, totally like, super awesome, exactly.
0: It's good. I like the, I like the, Yin and the Yang. Kind of oh my god, Yin Philly
1: cheesesteak. Wait, that one doesn't work. I
0: don't know, that, Philly cheesesteaks are
1: good though. You, those are awesome,
0: yeah. They are. I had a Philly cheesesteak yesterday.
1: Yeah, you put the uh, whiz on it. No, I don't put okay, whiz on it. for our listeners at home who don't know anything about Philadelphia or uh, the Philly cheesesteak, whiz is not urine, that is actually cheese. It's cheese, whiz. It's, it's, it's cheese whiz. Yeah,
0: I think everybody I mean, could. Context clue <laughs> that one that, that went kid. in oh. yeah yeah I, I'm pretty sure everyone was on the same page with you cool but it's,
1: it's all right it's all right well if they have a problem with any of those things they could always, they could always contact us and that's
0: true everybody. It's true and we have avenues in which they can contact us now uh, and you can find us on iTunes and on Stitcher um, and you can also find us at Twitter at words the number four dinner. And we're doing that, you know. Let us know how you feel. We also have an email address. It's uh, WFDpodcast at gmail dot com. Uh we want to invite you to also send an erasure poem of Tim Askew's Article which uh, we will be posting up on the Podbean website and set, uh, setting up a link on Twitter for. It. So be on the lookout for
1: that if I, it's not up already. I think by the time an, this goes live. That's a great point. I think we mm-hmm. should also uh, challenge our readers to email us with any uh, anything that offended them, as usual, so that mm-hmm. we can uh, we can uh, talk and, to corrections, them and corrections because we yeah. flailed
0: around a little bit there in the middle. That's so it. yeah, so it's really exciting. Uh, this episode was brought to you. By Fast Times at Ridgemont High, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Tim Askew's uh, Personal Library, and Broken Umbrellas. Because sometimes it rains sideways.
1: That'll do it, folks. It's been awesome. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Yeah, thank you.